0: The sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's the lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time
1: listen and enjoy today's program from lonesome road ministries church on the road give us a call we look forward to hearing from you
0: i keep those wheels turning from town to town there's so much i gotta see i gotta look around i got diesel smoke rolling from two chrome stacks, my address is 408-414, Big Blue Mac. Now it don't matter where I'm going.
1: Yes, friends, the road is our life, and we've got a a great program for you today. This is recorded off of our conference line that we have every Thursday night at 5 p.m. Central Time. And if you'd like to join our conference line, we have some great preaching, some testimonies, and take prayer requests, and we got time for praise reports. So if you'd like to join us on our conference line on Thursday nights at 5 p.m., the number to call is 727-731-5062, and you're welcome to join us on Thursday nights. Now, this conference line was set up for our chaplain program here at Channel 21 Ministries and we have decided to open this conference line up to whosoever. So if you want to join us, come join us, and you'll be blessed. I promise you that. And we're going to share on this program a message that was preached on our conference line. It was preached by our partner and friend, here at Lonesome Road Ministries, Cliff Clark. Cliff is a part of our staff here at Lonesome Road Ministry. He helps us with the radio program, and he is an awesome evangelist, preacher, pastor, and you're going to enjoy listening to Cliff Clark tonight. But first, I want to put on a couple songs by our one of our partners, and that's James Payne. And James is a great guy a great evangelist, preacher, singer, songwriter. He's written, oh man, he's almost, he's closing in on 100 number one songs. He will be here at Lonesome Road Ministry June 23rd and 24th at our Threefold Chord Conference. He'll be preaching Friday night and Saturday about noon at our Threefold Chord Conference. And we have that every year right here at Lonesome Road Ministries. 107 Sycamore Street, Keens, Illinois. So come join us if you can, and you will hear songs like this one right here by James Payne.
2: He's got a tattoo on his right arm. Love dying in a big red heart, but she's gone. She tore his world apart. He's trying to get on with his life, but it's lonely days, neon nights. Telling his troubles to everyone down at the bar. So loved this world It was lost He left bloodstains On a rugged cross As he hung there Dying that day The sky grew dark On his back There were 39 stripes Nails in his hands A spear in his side And his love for you and me Written in the scars Cause love Always leaves a mark. Love always leaves a mark. Ask anyone with a broken heart. Read the tattoos, sit in the scars. Love always leaves a mark. Love always leaves a mark.
1: The number one song by James Payne, Love Always Leaves a Mark. And we got another song for you by James. It's called No Place to Fall. And then we're going to have that message by Cliff Clark, Opportunity Takes Guts. And Cliff is going to tell us one place that we don't want to fall. <laughs>
2: Fell hard times I even fell for all of old Satan's lies flat on my back, so low I could crawl just when I thought there was no place. Help to fall I fell On my knees I cried Lord help me please You know I can't Make it on my own He picked up The pieces Of my broken Heart When I fell on my knees Cause there was no place left to fall Lord, I've done things for which I'm not proud I fell in sin, yeah, I did it all Just when I thought there was no place left to fall fell on my knees I cried Lord, help me please You know I can't make it on my own He picked up the pieces of my broken heart when I fell on my knees. Cause there was no place left to fall I fell on my knees When there was no place left to fall
1: song by our good friend James Payne. We really appreciate him being a part of Lonesome Road Ministry. Hey, we got that message for you now by Cliff Clark that was recorded on our telephone conference line that we have every Thursday night at 5 p.m. Central Time, and you're invited to come join us sometime. 727-731-5062 is the phone number you dial, And you're welcome to join our conference line Thursday nights at 5 p.m. And you just might hear a message like this one right here by Chaplain Cliff Clark of Lonesome Road Ministries. Here's Chaplain Cliff.
3: Hey, man, I I, I love you, Brother Gary, and uh, I thank all the ladies and gentlemen on the line tonight. I appreciate every one of you chaplains. And uh, with all my heart... uh, I prayed about this message for about a week, and uh, I believe it's what the Lord would would uh, have me say. And I, I'm going to uh, preach it. Uh, how do I say this? I'm going to preach it to you uh, uh, backwards. Now, the reason I say backwards, uh, I've been an old preacher for about 50 years, and, and a lot of times the preacher will read his verses first, and then... He'll talk about each of his points that he wants to make as he goes along. But I'm going to give you all four of my points right in the beginning, right off the bat. I uh, I like to take a word, take a word, and and uh, take the letters of that word, and each letter stands for a point I want to make. And tonight, I want to talk about the guts. Now, Sister Sue <laughs> There's a young lady on the line there, and so I apologize for talking about guts in front of the young lady. <laughs> but <clears throat> I, I want to use the word guts. Uh, do me a favor. I know it sounds silly, but I, I can't see it. So I'm going to say guts, and then I want you to spell the word guts to yourself. Uh, I'm going to say guts. See, I just said it. you <laughs> I want to talk about four things, and the first one starts with G, and then U, and and so forth. Uh, I want to talk talk about opportunities take guts. Opportunities take guts. And the funny thing about opportunities, there's four things I want to mention about them, uh, and this is the G-U-T-S. Opportunities are given by God. That's the G. They usually look like a favor, but they're not. That's the U. They T, they take you out of your comfort zone. And the S is, with opportunities, there's always a sacrifice required. So that's four things. Opportunities take guts. They're given by God. They usually look like a favor, but they're not. They take you out of your comfort zone, and there's a sacrifice required. Um, a few years back, well, quite a few years now, I, I guess I'm older than I think I am, but anyway, uh, quite a few years back, I was holding a revival in Little Rock, Arkansas. That's how I know about Brown's Restaurant, Sister Sue. I was holding a revival in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, and back then I wasn't in a wheelchair. I walked with a cane, and when I did a revival, I would go and I would help the pastor uh, with the visitation for the revival and stuff like that. So the pastor said to me, "He said, Brother Cliff, said, would you uh, would you do me a favor?" And I said, "Yeah." He said, "Would you go on hospital visitation with me?" And I said, "Yeah." So we're we're uh, in this large Little Rock Hospital and we're walking along and my friend says, "Well, Cliff, I have a prayer request for you. He said, I want you to pray for the administrator of this hospital. He said, I think he is an atheist because every time I try to talk to him about something, he runs from me. I said, I don't think he wants to hear about the Lord. And said, I want you to pray that the Lord would give me an opportunity to talk to him and to witness to him about the Lord. Now, I make it a uh, practice, rather, whenever somebody asks me to pray, I pray right then. And I said, well, brother, I said, let's pray right now. Well, in those days, I walked with a cane, but when I got close to the wall, to a wall, a steady wall somewhere, I would put my hand against the wall, walk with a cane, and then put my hand against the wall for better stability. So I'm praying like crazy. Now, I didn't pray like my grandma, because when my grandma prayed, she prayed with her eyes closed no matter what she was doing, driving or anything else. (laughs) Anyway, I prayed, and I closed my eyes, and I was walking along, and I didn't notice there should have been a yellow Wet floor sign, there wasn't one, it was wet, man, everywhere. I was walking along there, and, and I was walking along there and holding on to that wall, pushing against the wall, and, and praying like a Baptist in the Holy Ghost, you know. And I'm walking along there, and, and you never want to mix up a wet floor with a cane tip, a rubber cane tip. But I'm coming along here. And, and I didn't notice I am pushing on the wall, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I didn't know it, but the wall changed. And there was a door there. I, I was praying, God, please, Lord, no matter what, you don't want to tell the Lord no matter what. <laughs> Lord, please, no matter what, Lord, give me, give us an opportunity. Did I mention that? Your yeah, opportunities take guts. They're given by God. They usually look like fatal, but they're not. They they take us out of our comfort zone, and there's a sacrifice required. Just about the time I said, Lord, give us a—well, right in the middle of the sentence, I said, Lord, give us a—and my hand pushed against what I thought was a wall. It wasn't. It was a door. And that door, when I pushed again, it come flat open. And I whirled around and fell flat on my back. Well, I didn't realize it, but right in the middle of the sentence, I flipped flat on my back and slid along that wet floor. And I didn't realize it, but it was, it was the door of the ladies' bathroom. It was the door of the ladies' bathroom. And I slid along that wet floor. And I, Sister Sue, I slid right up under there. I didn't know there were stalls and there. I'd never been in one. And I slid right under what they call the stall, my shoulders. And I'm looking straight up, and I slid, and my shoulders got stuck. And it turned out I said, Lord, and, and, and Lord, and I'm sliding. And just as I got stuck, I finished my sentence, and I said, Give us an opportunity. And Sister Sue, I opened my eyes, and there was a lady in that stall. And she said, opportunity? Opportunity? She said, I'll give you an opportunity. (laughs) And Sister Sue, she had this big brown purse, great big, biggest brown purse I ever saw. And it had these little bitty middle feet looking thing, things on the bottom, like four of them. And she said, I'll give you an opportunity. And she ran back and walked me in the head. <laughs> she walked me in the head with that purse so, I'll get an opportunity. And I'm screaming, Lady, whack, wow, lady, whack. Wow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I said, me and my friend were praying for an opportunity. And she said, I thought so. She went, wah, wah. <laughs> Oh, my head. And I said, lady, I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I said, I'm a, I'm a nationally known evangelist. I'm not going to hurt you. She said, I've heard about people like you. Wah, wah, wah. Have you ever laughed so hard? Did she fell down on the floor from laughing? Oh, I always thought, you know, ladies were smooth and pretty, you know, everywhere. This poor lady, she was wrinkled from head to toe, I can honestly tell you. And had you ever fell down from laughing? My friend, who had been walking with me, he, I thought, oh, surely, oh, Lord, What I say, what I say, oh, surely my friend, Lord, surely my friend will throw me out of here. My friend was laughing so hard that he hit the wall on the other side and fell down in the floor. He fell down in the floor laughing and fell on the floor, and he's hollering, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't, don't ever, don't ever fall down in the floor in the middle of a large hospital and you go to screaming, like, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. <laughs> I found out later, sisters too, that there was a little uh lady there that had been working there for years and uh, she was up in like her eighties, eighties, nineties, you know, and she was due to retire. And she had never got to use them uh, uh ping pong paddly things, you know for your heart, and oh, <laughs> here she goes, <laughs> little old thing, with her heart, she was running fast, she couldn't, see the rubbing them paddles together, and my friend, all right, there ready, and I'm in the bathroom screaming, lady, lady, and the lady was screaming, and I was screaming, <laughs> and here she goes, and just about the time that she got ready to lay them paddles on my friend, he caught a breath, and they realized that he really couldn't breathe. <laughs> here here comes come the the hospital administrator, boop, 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 down, down the hall. <laughs> I could hear his feet running, and he said, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you for boy rhythm. Or I didn't even know what boy rhythm was. I thought it was some kind of cell phone plant or something. But anyway, I'm going to get you for boy rhythm. And I, I, Lord, what I say, what I say, what I say. And in that instant, I said, sir, I said, do you remember the floor here is wet? Yes. I said, do you remember they have one of them yellow, yellow caution time things? He said, yes. He said, well, sir, I said, well, sir, in light of not suing you for not having a wet floor sign, I said, my friend over there who is still laughing, my friend over there would like to talk to you, <laughs> could you please make an appointment to talk with him, <laughs> to talk with him uh, for me <laughs> and, you know, kind of do what he said. You. Uh, yes, sir. You know what, when we're looking for opportunities opportunities take guts. Opportunities are given by God. I sure didn't want to fall in the floor of the ladies' bathroom. I sure didn't. And and they usually look like failure. Believe me, when they pull you out of the ladies' bathroom by your ankles, it, it doesn't look like a success. It usually looks like failure, but it's not. Uh, it takes you out of your comfort zone. I wasn't comfortable. Sister Sue I had hickeys all over my head from them little brown things. <laughs> and there's a sacrifice required when you ask God for an opportunity. Here I thought about the Apostle Paul. I thought about the Apostle Paul then over in uh over in Acts, over in the book of Acts, over in chapter twenty-three, verse twelve. Uh, Paul was in front of Festus. He was in front of Festus. And he said to Festus, then Festus, uh, when he had had conferred with the council, uh, answered, says, Hast thou appealed unto Caesar? Unto Caesar thou shalt go. Paul was trying his best to obey the Lord. And he got in trouble for uh, breaking Jewish tradition, they thought. And they had him up on trial. And Paul appealed to Caesar. You know, uh, Paul had been praying for an opportunity to to uh, go before Caesar and Paul was a Roman citizen and, and it would cost a king's ransom to have done that on your own and and Paul appealed unto Caesar and because he was a Roman citizen they had to they had to send him to Rome. And everybody aware that Paul went along that journey you know that opportunity was given by God, and it it looked kind of like a, it used look like a failure. You know, here he was a preacher, and now he was headed for trial. But they, the history says that they had to change the guards on Paul a whole lot because Paul would win him to the Lord, and everywhere he stopped, Paul would uh, Paul would talk about Jesus. To people, and he was winning people right and left. It to the ordinary man, it would have looked like failure, but God was using him in a mighty way. It took that old Jewish rabbi. You know, in in those days, uh, uh, Paul was a Pharisee, and in those days, uh, a Pharisee didn't get but within so many feet of people. And now here he was, tw- chained up to Gentiles, and he was in prison, and in the old uh ships and rats and 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 mice and cockroaches and it took that old rabbi away out of his comfort zone and there was a sacrifice required ultimately it was Paul's life. Dear chapman I want you I want you to know when you're on the Lord on the road and you're trying to obey God, when you're trying to obey God it's God that gives you opportunities it's God that gives you opportunities to witness for Him. It's God that whenever you begin talking about your past and, and things that the Lord has delivered you from, sometimes the world would say, man, that looks like a failure. But I, I'm telling you what, God God is, God is can take care of you even in the middle of that. Romans, the book of Romans, in chapter 8, uh, verse 28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and, and to them who are called according to his purpose. It doesn't say all things are good, because I'm telling you what, there are some things that happen, Matthew, there are some things that happen. Your, your motor goes out or you're, you're praying, God, help me get along. But God works all those things together. And he makes divine appointments and divine opportunities. All things work together for good to them that love God. Do you love God, Chapman? Yes, clip. I love God. Are you trying to serve God? Yes. Then, quit. oh, whenever something bad happens, realize. Realize like, like the old fellow on Hee Haw. I know that's bad. No, that's good. Realize that God's in control, and He's gonna take every one of our of our faults and failures and turn them around for good. I wasn't comfortable in that bathroom, not by a long shot. Not by a long shot. Matter of fact, brother Jerry, I didn't tell that story for years because I was embarrassed. But I realized that God used that, that that opportunity, that accident. Opportunities take guts they're given by God. They usually look like a failure and they take us out of our comfort zone and there is a sacrifice for God. Sometimes it's your pride, you know. Oh, I got to thinking I got to thinking about old Moses. Israel got to plan for a, a they got to plan for a deliverer. And God Almighty sent him a deliverer. He caused a little baby to be born. A little baby. Now, if I, Gary, if I was, if I was sending a, a deliverer, I would have sent a big, strong, uh, macho man, you know, kind of looking like Samson. God sent a little baby. God sent a little baby. And that little baby, uh, before too long, they had to put it into a. a an ark of bull rushes, and they, and they sent it floating down the stream. And God used that what would have broken Moses' mama's heart. God used that disaster to turn it around. And Pharaoh's daughter found that little baby in the river. The the, the Egyptians, not not the Israelites, but the Egyptians believed that it was the river God that gave babies. And, and history says that. Uh, The the Pharaoh's daughter couldn't have children, and there she was for whatever reason in that that river doing her ceremonial bathing, and all of a sudden here come a baby floating by, and God used what looked like a failure. Moses was taken and raised in Pharaoh's court, and he knew all about how it operated and all about how it worked, and, and God takes the things that we would think are failures and turns them around for our good. You know, it wasn't very long. It wasn't very long that Moses uh, got up and became an adult. And in Exodus 2.11, it says, and it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out unto his brethren and looked uh, on their burdens and spied An Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, uh, one of his brothers. Uh, uh, Moses Moses went out and he killed a man. He killed an Egyptian. The Bible says he looked this way and then he looked that way. And God put him on the run. God put him on the run and he ran into the desert and was there 40 years. Oh, he failed. Oh, he failed. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. And your failure is not a real failure. It's an opportunity. Oh, he failed. Now he's out in the desert. But do you realize that in those 40 years, God took that 40-year-old uh, soft-handed uh, fellow that had been raised in Pharaoh's court, and he taught him where the water and was, and he taught him how to live in the desert. Can you imagine if he'd have took the nation of Israel? And yes, I know God could have took care of him. But can you imagine if God would have taken them into the desert with with a leader that had no knowledge of the desert? God loves you, chaplain, and God can use what you think is the biggest disaster that you ever heard of the biggest failure that you ever heard of. God can turn it around and use it for his glory if you just realize that your opportunities are given by God, that they usually look like failure. They take you out of his comfort zone, and there's a sacrifice required. Oh, I got to
0: thinking. I got to thinking about
3: Moses when, he let them out, and everything was going really good, everything was going really good, but the Bible says that God chose them not to lead them by the shortest way. the shortest way would have been through the land of the Philistines, and if he'd have sent them through the land of the Philistines, the Bible says the people would have got discouraged because of the war, they didn't know how to fight. so God had two plans: God had two plans the Bible says. In Exodus, uh, in Exodus, words, Let's see. In Exodus chapter thirteen, verse eighteen, it says, "But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up harnessed out of that land, out of the land of Egypt. God had two purposes. Number one, God was going to teach him to fight. He was going to teach him to fight." And number two, the Bible says that he led them up by the way of the Red Sea. Now, if you study that, you'll find out that there was a mountain range on one side and a humongous valley on the other side. And you'll find out that the Red Sea was to the back. And you'll find out that Pharaoh's army was coming fast. They were harnessed in. They were harnessed in, but God knew to, to Pharaoh and to the world that looks like a disaster, all oh, that silly Moses. He's led all them, all them million people right down the middle of a, a boxed-in canyon. There ain't no way out, but God knew what he was going to do. He was going to part that water, and he was going to make an opportunity out of this thing that looked like failure. And God was going to show Pharaoh that he was the boss there are people in your life dear chaplain oh sometimes i think oh i don't know i know what gary's done i know what sue's done i know what matthew's done and i know what Roy blackwood's done and the old devil he'll whisper he'll say oh but i want you to know with all of my heart with all of my heart that god takes those things and turns them into opportunity. And opportunity takes guts. They're given by God. And they usually look like a pager, but God can turn them around. They take you out of your comfort zone. And there's a sacrifice required. Well, that's what I want to talk about. I got to thinking about Calvary. I got to thinking about Calvary. And here Jesus was, and he preached for three years. And now time has come for Calvary, but Jesus said in John 12, 32, and 33, And I, if I be lifted up, and I, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. This he said signifying what death he should die. There he was, and they were crucifying him on Calvary. And and people saying, oh, that looks like a big failure to me. They buried him in a tomb. Oh, that looks like a big failure to me. But on the third day, on the third day, on the third day, God split that tomb and out came the Son of God. On the third day, he rose. On the third day, he rose. And what took Jesus far out of his comfort zone? He was tempted in every way such as we are. He was beaten so that you wouldn't even recognize what took Jesus out of his comfort zone because there was a sacrifice required. There was a sacrifice required. And he died for Cliff Clark. And he died for Chaplain Sue. And he died for Chaplain Gary Rayburn. And and he died for Captain uh, Major Roy Blackwood. And he died from Matthew. Oh, dear loved one, God loves you. And you may think, Lord, what am I doing? What am I doing here? What am I doing here? But God is setting you up for a victory. God is setting you up for a victory. And opportunities take guts. Now, that's what's on my heart. Now, Gary... Maybe I should have preached a little longer, but I learned a long time ago, when it's time for the preacher to shut up, it's time mm-hmm. for the preacher to shut up. Today, mm-hmm. if you're listening to this on the line, or if you're listening to it on CD, or however you're hearing it, if you don't know Jesus as Savior, if you've been through a lifetime, of seem like Savior after at after Savior, Allow God. Allow God to turn those things around. Allow God to turn those things around in your life and turn them around and turn them into glorious victories. because opportunities take guts right where you are. I want you to say, Jesus, I asked you to forgive me of my sins. Jesus, I know that you died for me on Calvary. And Jesus, I, I believe in my heart that you died for me. I believe it so much that with your help, Lord, I can't do it by myself, but with your help, I'm going to change what's wrong in my life. And then after you do that, I dare you to find you a good church home. I dare you to find a good prayer partner. I dare you to tell somebody what Jesus did in your life. In Jesus' name.
2: Gary I'm done, and I thank you for this opportunity he was sitting on the steps of the Union Rescue Mission holding a tattered Bible in his hand I sat down beside him and this old man started preaching the gospel according to a drinking man He said, I've lived on Whiskey Road The last ten years or so Sleeping out in the cold here in Chicago Then he pointed to a neon cross Only two words were written He said, Mister, this one thing I know Jesus says, Jesus says, If he didn't, I wouldn't be here today. Jesus says, Jesus says, And when life and the bottle take you to the bottle, Jesus says, I got home that night I reached for my bottle And began to pour the whiskey down the drain I fell down on my knees I cried, Jesus, save me, please Since that night I've never been the same Jesus saves Jesus saves if he didn't, I wouldn't be here today. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. And when life and the bottle take you to the bottom, Jesus saves. Now if your soul is lost, just look up to that cross. All you have. To is just believe Jesus saves Jesus saves Jesus saves Jesus saves And when life and the bottle Take you to the bottom, Jesus saves Hello, Lonesome Road family, James Payne here, coming to you from the cab of my pickup truck. I'm holding in my hand two seeds that will not reproduce. One is this $100 bill, the other is this peach seed. Now, I know what you're thinking, why won't they reproduce? Well, the main reason this seed, this peach seed, and this hundred dollar seed will not reproduce is because both are in my hands. If I take this seed and I put it in the earth, it will activate the 17 nutrients of the earth and they'll be attracted to the seed and they'll create a resurrection and a multiplication. If I take this seed and I put it in the kingdom, then it'll activate the power of the kingdom and the promises of Jesus and a resurrection will take place in this seed and also a hundredfold multiplication of this seed so you see God has given you and I in the natural and in the spiritual the ability to sow a seed and see that seed multiplied just this week I received a letter from a lady whose house was in foreclosure. She called the mortgage company numerous times, but they would not return her call because the date had been set for her foreclosure and for her eviction. She saw me on television preaching on the power of planting one seed in the right place at the right time. She got together $1,000 seed and she sowed it. A few days later, the mortgage company called her and they discounted her payment, $569 a month canceled the eviction and now she's able to keep the house that she's been paying on for 15 years but had gone through a difficult situation because of her job, but now her future in her home has been secured through a seed. I am going to ask you today to plant a seed in Lonesome Road Ministries. Some of you could plant a thousand dollar seed. Some of you could plant a hundred dollar seed. I wanna ask you to plant your best seed today, but I also want you to become a monthly partner with Chaplain Rayburn. And this great ministry that's touching over 8,700,000 truckers that run up and down the highway, we have the potential through this ministry to touch their lives and change them. Let me tell you, when you sow into that type of ministry, you're going to get a quick harvest and you're going to get a hundredfold harvest. So don't delay. Sow your seed today. I remember the night, the end of my rope, in a motel in Nashville, searching for hope. In my hand was a Bible I read as a child. On the table was a bottle that was driving. Wild. I poured the whiskey into the glass I prayed it would help me forget my past Then I read how Jesus died on that I poured out the whiskey and fell down on my knees. And that night, old Jack Daniels met John 3 God's word broke the hold that he had over me. I traded 10 a sea whiskey, a Calvary street. That night, Old Jack Daniels met John 3:16. Now when I see those old that I used to know down at that old place where I used to go they tell me I'm different than I used to be oh and I love to tell them what happened to me that night, old Jack Daniels Met John 3, 16 God's word broke the hold That he had over me I traded Tennessee whiskey For Calvary's tree That night, old Jack Daniels Met John 316. That night old Jack Daniels met John 316.
1: Alright friends, we just love Chaplain Cliff Clark and James Payne. What an awesome duo they are for Lonesome Road Ministry and we're glad that we can bring them to you. On this program today hey and if you'd like to get more copies of this program or any of our programs we send them out free of charge so give us a call and we'd love to get you on our mailing list and if you prayed that prayer with Chaplain Cliff Clark and surrendered your life to Jesus then we want to help you with your walk with Christ contact us and let us know and we'll send you free CDs free books free podcast cards free material that will help you with your walk with Christ. I'd been out west for about three weeks, just running the coast, up and down, when I finally found me a load headed back east toward my hometown. It was a dark and stormy night when I got loaded down in LA, so I thought I'd head back east for a little ways before I took my break. My wife and kids and those 18 wheels were humming through my mind. The rain was coming down, lightning flashed, and I saw the shadow of a man. I hit my air brakes and came to a stop. He come running up to my cab from the back. I knew right then there was something different about this man in black. Sure nice of you to stop, mister, he said as I was shifting into high gear. My name is Red, Red Dragon, he said with a sly grin. Then he said something that made my blood run cold. Your family will be all right without you, Big Tom. This is gonna be your last run. We're fixing to have a really bad wreck just around the next bend. You see, my boss sent me to collect your soul. Oh, I got really nervous. Started slowing my big rig down My whole life flashed before me I cried out, Jesus Lord, please save my soul I heard the thunder roll And a flash of light And Jesus was all I saw He had a crown of thorns With blood dripping from his finger He pointed at me And I heard him say Little red dragon You might as well tuck your tail and run For this one belongs to me The next thing I knew, I was sitting in a parking lot. The storm had passed and God's sun was shining on my face. I said, praise the Lord, thank you Jesus, for your amazing grace. I picked up my cell phone and called my wife. I said, honey, you ain't gonna believe what happened to me last night. I saw the angel of death and he said he had come to take my soul, but I saw you praying. You were praying for me and I cried out, Jesus, come into my life, please save my soul. I can't wait to get home, baby. I wanna tell everyone I know about this man called Jesus who just saved my soul. Well, drivers, fact or fiction, God only knows. The question is, do you have the faith that Big Tom showed? What if, what if it were you? Where would your run end, heaven or hell? ETERNITY IS JUST AROUND THE BEND. AND NOW I WANT TO CLOSE TODAY'S PROGRAM LIKE WE CLOSE MOST OF OUR PROGRAMS, THAT'S WITH MY TESTIMONY in song and this is a song that I wrote with a lot of help from my friends and partners and Dennis McKay of McKay Project recorded this and we got it out on Lonesome Road volume one CD and it's my testimony in song it's called at the foot of the tree
0: Life Lost without hope Eighteen wheels of lonesome At the end of the road In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past Broken hearted and lonesome, so long I've been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree. Those eighteen wheels are rolling foot of the cross broken hearted and lonesome so long I'd been lost I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree
1: Drivers, we would love to hear from you. If you prayed that prayer, if you asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart, then give us a call, 618 383 2107. If you need more CDs to listen to as you travel across America, give me a call or log on to lonesomeroad.org. And remember this, drivers, God loves you, and we here at Lonesome Road Ministry, we love you too. Hey, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn. We'll Talk will catch you later.
0: rolling down that Easter seaboard I got my diesel turned up And she running like never before Well, there's a speed on ahead, head, all right But I don't see a cop in sight Six days on the road And I'ma go make it on tonight I got me ten forward gears And a Georgia overdrive I need no pills cause my eyes are open wide. I just passed a foible and a white. I've been passing everything in sight. Six days on the road and I'm gonna make it home tonight. I'll take it home. Get on down the line. I'm a little overweight and my law goes way behind. Nothing bothers me tonight. I can dodge all the scales, alright. Six days on the road and I'ma to make it on tonight. Well, my rig's a little low, but that don't mean she's slow. there's a flame from a stack And the smoke blowing black as coal Well, my hometown's a coming in sight And if you think I'm happy, you're right Six days on the road And I'm gonna make it home tonight Six days on the road And I'm gonna make it home tonight I said six days on the road And I'm gonna make it home tonight Yeah, mama, yeah.